Yeah, sounds good. You know, there's just things about like, like we talked about last time, like sometimes like you feel like you don't know what you're doing. And sometimes it yeah. takes a while to figure out the person. And f- well, some people, like some people you get like right away. And then like they, like they start to transform pretty rapidly, pretty quickly. And then other people, it takes a lot to get like your system. Because a lot of people, and I've been a victim of this, but I've seen it work. And like, you kind of take trends of what you see. And like we talked about last time, it's like nine out of 10 times it's going to work for someone. And then like, there's always though that one, that one out of 10 that you end up actually getting. And you're like, okay, how do I, how do I make this process? How do I make my system or make, make my system fit them? And I feel like that's what takes the, that's what takes the longest time is trying to actually learn, Hey, we're going to have to go through multiple different things, test out what might work, what might not work. And that's always like a struggle for people because they're trying to pay you money for results but your your initial your initial thoughts of what will work doesn't doesn't align up which is why now I'm kind of like requiring to get blood work and stuff like that before I even before I even make the plan I'm like hey I don't even want to make this plan without knowing what's going on in your system because if you don't have if you don't know what's going on under the system your initial setup's going to be poor no matter what. And that's why I really learned from Jeff's macros class. Um, shout out to Jeff Sue. Um, I've learned a lot from him, but his macros class, it's just like, he was like, this is it. This is how you initially set it up. And it's all based on like blood work and gut health and stuff like that. Um, so I find that that's, that's the route I'm taking now when it comes down to making that initial plan is, hey, you might have to sign up for my coaching, but I want to get these blood. I want to get this blood work in. Like if you haven't gotten it, I want to get it done so I can make the most effective plan for you, because then you take out all that trial and error. That makes sense. <clears throat> that kind of leads us maybe into a good segue for um, what we wanted to talk about today about you know uh, like the mentality of a client or and or athlete. Yeah. Like, what's your sense on this? So just you saying a couple of things made me think of think of some things. <clears throat> how how relevant do you think it is uh where the person's mindset is and like the initial results that they see because i'll tell you what i see it's almost like a perfect correlation between someone who needs you know maybe like a quite a significant amount of mindset help and their results you know like i I spend a lot of time working the psychological aspect Mm -hmm. um with my clients and, and athletes, uh, I don't want to dive too much into it, but just because we talked about it the last episode, but just where I come from as yeah. like my journey, I had to go through all of this. So I know sometimes like uh, coaches that were always very good athletes and, and you know, uh, kind of went through that path of getting into their coaching career. Uh, maybe they played like some, you know, division one college you know, sports and then kind of just like didn't quite make it and, you know, got into bodybuilding, excelled at that. They were already taught the things that were required for them to excel at bodybuilding and well, anything actually, or most things, especially physically driven. And like, I wasn't, I had to learn all that stuff. And then I realized that like most people actually do not, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's just that our little world is so confined so, yeah. you know like yeah. when you're going through your social sphere it's like 
you're seeing your coach and, and everyone that's sort of body like builder, on the level body of builder, people. Bodybuilder, bodybuilder, bodybuilder. <laughs> like there's no like, there's no like normal person within it. <laughs> yeah. And that's because we're reaching to ideals because you and I are very proactive with our, you know, who we follow and who we pay attention to is because we're trying to learn, but it yep. paints sort of, it, it can paint this encompassing shadow of reality. That's not really true. And the truth is most people need a lot of help with their mindset, you know, like whether that be, you know, just, just giving some examples, you know, almost any client that I've taken on, including competitors who have competed multiple times, if I introduce them to failure training and they're not used to it, like true failure training through proper mechanics and tempo and, you know, uh, almost everyone is like three to four RIR, you know, and, that, and like, and that's failure for, for where they're at. So you have to teach them like how to push their psychological limits, incremental exposure over time, you know, and that's just one area, but like, <clears throat> do you think, so there's a very long question, but do you agree that there's a, uh, a correlation with like someone who comes and just like kind of gets it right away, you know, like knows the intensities, knows, they just seem to like pick up on all those cues. And then there's most clients actually need three to four months of like walking towards the start point before they actually start, you know, and that uh, towards their specific goal, like uh, fat loss or, you know, I want bigger legs or, or whatever it is, usually with, you know, uh, the most available amount of the populace that we work with, I find um, most people, it's like, I, I usually, it's so, so much to the point that when someone signs up with me now, I'm like, Hey, I know you told me you want to gain muscle or like whatever this goal is, but like, just so you know, in two to three months, like, hell, we're going to, we're, we're definitely going to see some results towards that goal. But like, it's not really my intent to just try and get your square uh, peg into the circle hole. Like yeah. we need to sort of form this so that we can start walking there for like a, a couple of years straight without destabilizing the structure on the way up, you know? Yeah. I think there is a absolutely a hundred percent correlation just from just from <clears throat> anecdotal evidence yeah. of just working with athletes i see who who has that who has who has that like i call it the it the, the it factor with yeah. it and those who need to develop that and you know i was actually just i just sent photos to actually one of my to one of my friends and he he's down like 12 pounds in four and a half months, but he looks so much bigger, but it's because right off the bat, like within the first week, he sent me videos and I could tell he was going to failure. Like I didn't have to yeah. teach the, I didn't have to teach the intensity. Like he just went and he kind of does what I say, do what you say. And I think that also plays a big role in it, which I'll touch upon too. Um, but I think the people who get it right away, always see always see the best results and i see it all the time because they have and it's from former athletes or it's from people who love bodybuilding because they have that discipline like you said that's kind of been brought in that they kind of been ingrained with since they were kids um and that and they kind of see someone i've i was actually just watching um Fouette's podcast and he talked about like you have to look at a coach as someone like higher up than you. And I feel like a lot of people, sometimes when they hire someone, they think of them, they don't really know because you kind of just hire them based on what you're seeing on Instagram, but they kind of don't know. And you're like, how much knowledge does this person truly have? Like, are like, how are they getting these results? Like there's a lot of questioning that goes on and a lot of trust has to be developed 
there, which I think goes also a very long way in whether you're going to get results or not in general is whether you trust the coach, because I find that that plays a big role, but bringing it back to where we are, I think it, I think it just does because it's just, you either get it or you don't. And it takes some time. And I'm also a perfect example of this. And so are probably you. Like when we started with, we started with our coaches, I definitely was not trained to failure. No, me either. And that's after years of, of, um, claiming that I was to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, And I, Or, or somewhere near it. And like, like I said in the last time, like I just hounded Mark with videos and videos and videos until I actually nailed it. But it's giving that, I find also though, it's the effort that goes hand in hand with those people that have to learn it. That really goes into it because what I find is there's a very large different consistency factor between those who have that it factor and those who are trying to develop it. And I don't know why it is. I think it's just the way society is today that really kind of delves into that. Um, but it's, it's a struggle. And that's what, that's like the hardest part of coaching, right? Is, you know, you want to get these people results, but if they're still missing like two to three days out of the week and they're not consistent, like out of like two to three days out of the week, it's like, it adds up. That's like a, that's like a quarter of the month. That's like a, yeah, quarter that's to a, like lot, a, man. a third of the month right there. And that's a lot of time that you're missing. And I think that's where, you know, where I really start to hound people is when they start to get like those three days and they're just kind of like, they kind of just blow it off like that. Like, it's not like, that's not going to get you anywhere. And like, you can't get pissed off at me because yeah. it's like, and I hate that because I always blame myself too for that. Yeah. And I think that's where just how I was raised and everything like, you know, you kind of put, you kind of put a ton of pressure on yourself as a coach to get those results. And it sucks when some people just don't listen and you can't get them. And it's just like, it's just like, I don't know what else I can do, but going back to, so do you find it's like a, do you find it's like a, a little bit of a, a game? So I have, I have a question for you. Um, you, we, you talked about trust. So like, what do you think are like the two or three things maybe that like you seem to do really well with your athletes that works for you to develop that trust because I know talking like I have quite a few younger coaches on my roster mm-hmm. and th- they always ask me like how do you get people to buy in so well you know because like I'm struggling you know they'll tell me like I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that specific piece and uh I mean there's an instinct that comes with doing it for some time sometime for sure but like what would you say that your sort of uh traits are or skills are uh for for kind of like you know or your tools let's say for for developing that trust as it's so important definitely the communication i 100 yeah. think i think 100 percent goes into i brought this up before plenty of times like communication with your coach is going to be the is like i said is the number one kind of key it's the effort and effort along with and within that effort is communication with the coach um but I make sure to check up on my athletes like two, three times during the week, like, like informally, like, that's what I do. Like, that's what I do. That's why I say I can never have a huge roster and I don't want a huge roster because I want to be so personable for my, for my athletes that I have that it takes a lot of time. And I make sure that everything's going right during the week in case, Hey, maybe we have to make a midweek adjustment. Like I might not see photos, but I can base it off how you're feeling 
if your body feels run down or something like that, like, Hey, we can make those judgments to take a few days off. Uh, Especially if you've worked with the person for a while too, right? Yes. That's, that's been a big key for one of my guys. We're almost a year in. Um, I posted him on my story today. Um, We're actually taking, we're actually taking a little step back because he's having some gut issues with this pre-workout meal and we can't seem to figure it out. So it might just be pushing too much food um, through. Um, so we decided to take a step back, but we have a very, between me and him that we've been working together for 11 months now, we have a very, very open communicative relationship. Like, Hey, this exercise is not working. Like we have very active dialogues with what's going on, what's starting to work, what's not, what's not working. Hey, these foods might not be agreeing with, like, there's very, very open dialogue with things. Um, so I give him a little leeway with the programming, um, and we kind of talk through things like that. Um, so I think it's just like, like I said, that, that higher, they have to think of you as higher. And it starts with number one, getting the results um, with some people. Number two, it starts with the education and make sure that you're actually educating the person. I think that develops a huge sense of trust in someone. If you can explain, hey, you know, we were just talking about like, hey, for Cyboprogol, you have to take these and you explain what these supplements are going to do to actually get you to where you need to be. And this is why we're using like these foods like here. And like, you're not just like, like, hey, you don't want to be restrictive, but on those things, like you have to be restrictive. And like, you kind of have, you kind of have to describe, you kind of have to explain to them why it's like that. Um, so I find those two things. And like I said, just having that open communication, like just being personable with people um really developing kind of getting into their lives because i find that a lot of things at least with the lifestyle people like it's called lifestyle for a reason like a lot of things develop from within their life so you have to kind of get to know like you can't just like like with with people who want to compete like sometimes you don't need to know what's going on in the background but for the lifestyle people you have to know because it's those things that are like the underlying stressors, it's the underlying issues that are going on that really kind of makes it. So I find actually getting really kind of personable with people. And that's really tough too, because I will say like I had someone drop off um, and it wasn't like, it, it was kind of like he wants to take a break type thing. Um, he really didn't want to make the decision he told me, but like he, he felt he had to for his sake. Um, and it just wasn't the right time to kind of continue. He's also like 20 years old, I understand. Um, and it was it was actually really tough on me. Like, because we developed like within eight months of working together, we developed such a really close bond that it kind of sucks whenever someone leaves. Like, in a yeah, way- well, you end up you, you build a level of care that's just pretty high, right? Because you know, yeah. it's, <clears throat> you know, like you end up knowing a lot about you know, uh, what do you think about this? So like, I always noticed um, when I take on someone who's a lifestyle client, but not a beginner, which is like a large portion of the market, because like fitness is a big market. And there's a lot of people that do try to eat the right things. And they do go to the gym and they are, or, you know, like they're doing fitness of some sort. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times when I get these people where like, the work ethic is not their issue, like they already have that sort of they're going to the gym at least four or five days a week and oftentimes too much. Actually, a lot of these people that would fit in this are like six or seven days or just a yeah. team no days off um, and under eating and all these things. But I just realized that like, I don't know, it hit me one day that like, man, 
the reason that because I, I was spending a lot of I, I have and just like you have spent a lot of money in learning about everything from basically the neck down and then I thought like man almost no one I work with like once I had rebuilt my roster after taking like three years off yeah I just hit me one day that I was like man almost no one that I'm working with at least for my demographic with the people that are interested in working with me it's not any of it's not like like yes we can improve form and tempo and, and technique and all these things but like that's not why they're not getting good results that's not the low-hanging fruit and then you start to find out that like the low-hanging fruit is as you start to dive into their life, it's like, oh, you're a really high stress person. Oh, you're scared if you take rest days, you're not going to progress. Oh, you're scared if you eat too many carbohydrates. Oh, you're scared if you, you know, get strong on an RDL, you're going to look like Ronnie. Or, oh, you're, you know, like all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden <laughs> there's, you find these lists of things and you're like, oh man, when I really break these down, like there's a lot of psychological components that kind of need to be unpulled, mm -hmm. like strings need to be pulled there so i seem to be really good at sort of finding what someone needs and finding that string and yanking it <laughs> you know like and the thing is is it's not for everybody because it's uncomfortable because i haven't exactly i'm still to be honest piecing together why it is that i seem to have this skill i have some hunches but i you know like whether that's societal slash upbringing and a whole bunch of reasons i I've, i haven't really figured it out because i'm still on that journey but like i just know that there's a really raw talent there where i can always seem to find like oh this is the thing that's holding them back and i do wonder it's just because like when you start working out at 300 pounds obese and go to where i am now yeah. there's not a there's not a roadblock i haven't come to i don't think you know like and if they are if there are now it's not ones that most of my clients are going to be touching for a while those are pretty far far down yeah. the road you know, so like I can help them sort of navigate around these roadblocks like, hey, hey, don't that road might look good. And it, it, Google Maps told you it's shorter, <laughs> but there's a bunch of construction going on and you're fucked if you go down there. You know, you're going to have to turn around and come back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did a lot of that turning around and coming back. So I think there's a because I agree because to your point, communication is key. Like I communicate. It's it's there's a direct correlation with this, too. Like the people that communicate the most with me send me the best. most training videos, hundred percent. They get the best results bar none. And yeah. it almost doesn't even matter about their genetics or anything, you know, like, it, it, you know, like obviously that plays a role, but it just really seems that like the people that put the effort in, uh, move forward fast, you know, and, and coaches, this is something that from the opposite perspective that I just thought of as a client, mm -hmm. you're doing yourself not only such a service because you're getting better bang for buck. Like if I hire Anthony to, to help me change my physique and I give you hundred percent effort with, you know, videos. And if I'm having issues like, Hey, this pre-workout meal, you know, it's not, it's like screwing my training, whatever it is. And we're working through all these things. Yes. I'm getting a better bang for my buck. Cause I've paid you for a service. This allows you to do your job. However, there's sort of like a special sauce feature to this where it's human nature that, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, so to speak. So a coach likes when clients show effort and we all can pick up on it. You, you know, you have a roster and it's like all, almost any coach I've talked to, there's a five, you know, the whole roster could be absolutely wonderful, but there's still five or 10% that are just those few percent more 
and they get a little bit more attention. Yeah. Like, obviously, because they're reaching out to you more, but not even in that sense. It's like the coach will really start to treat you different and start to care about your goals because you've shown that you care about them. Does that, yeah. you know, does that make sense to you? Does that, yeah. does that make we, any sense? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this kind of last week with, with yeah. Mark. Um, I think it hundred percent does. And I think I, I even do it. I'll admit that that's definitely like a thing that happens. Like we want to treat everybody with the same service, but there's a point where we kind of get tired of saying, Hey, I need more effort. I need more effort. I need more effort. Um, and it comes down to, there'll be a conversation I'll have just of how bad do you want it? I'll literally just ask him that. And I'll be like, how bad do you truly want this? Because it's not fair for you as the client. And it's not fair for me as the coach to kind of just sit here, like spinning our wheels, like only, like only talking at check-ins. Like there are times like, Hey, you know, there are weeks where I think I'll take me as a client. Like there are weeks, plenty of weeks where Mark and I have, we, we don't talk until check-ins. Like there's weeks. Same here. But it's just like, but, but it's also, we've been at it. Like, like you and John, like we've been at it for so long with the same coach that we've, like, we've already said that we've already sent the videos. Like I said, like Like you said in the beginning, I would like you mentioned, I sent hundreds, like literally every workout I was sending them every, I would just film one set of this thing. I was the suckiest at too. I didn't send the thing that like, I knew I could crush. Everybody you know, like sends, I said, everybody does my that. pressing and, and my hip hinging. Cause I, those are not my butter, you yeah. know, but like, I'm not, I wasn't going to send them like leg pressing and hack squatting, like quad movements for me is good. Like I already had good quads, like a relative, you know? So it's like, yeah. obviously I connect to that. I got a bird shit chest. Well, maybe you should, should send them some videos of that so you can rip this yeah. apart, you know? Yeah, literally. Exactly. So like, <laughs> There'll be weeks now where like we won't talk, but it's fine because like we said, we put in the effort earlier and that's what, that's what really matters because when you start to get that approval from them about form and stuff like that and they okay it, it's like, Hey, I don't have to send this until maybe I go up another 10 pounds on this. Yeah. Until we get some deep bumps and form denigrates or things don't feel like they're feeling the same, you know, you're losing an MC or something. And and then they care more. Yeah. That's right. So it's like, because you don't send them as many messages, like it's kind of weird. Like, so you send them so many messages at the beginning, you develop that, you develop that relationship between each other. And then like, you don't talk as much because your form starts to be good. And then like, whenever you do send a video, it's like, get back like that. It's like, yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I can really tell that Justin is hunting for my goals as much as I am now. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's really a cool thing to see. So com- communication, I think is, key and i agree so that would be like one of the things that i definitely think i think that's a correlation with a lot of the top coaches or at least people that we've learned from like in our circle people we've been mentored by and things we've been taught that it's been like ingrained into us so i don't know if it's like normal or like common but it is in our small circle like how i don't know how often it's always a question over how often do coaches like actually talk to their athletes like i feel like like there's like, you know, there's plenty of coaches that probably just talk to them on check-ins and that don't, do I think training, so. And that don't do training videos. I think like probably still, if I had to put a blanket percentage on it, would you agree that like probably 75% or more of online coaching, they don't do like video training analysis or yeah. any biofeedback stuff or like a lot of it is just like, here's your program. I hope you're moving good. 
you know, like it's I'm still pr- praying of, that you're not. Yeah, it's still a lot of just, fucking this just up. like, I don't call it cookie cutter. And I kind of hate that term. Like, like we kind of talked about this last week. I kind of hate the term cookie yeah. cutter because like. Me too, because I could cookie cut a program for about 100 people and they'd all get jacked if yeah, they were listening to the weekly protocols, you know. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's just like, honestly, all my templates look the same. Same. I know what, like we talked about earlier already when we started this. It's like, called efficiency, things, baby. If things work for other people, for nine out of 10 people, I'm going to try it with you. And if it doesn't work, then we'll, then we'll do something. We'll switch it up. And then it's like, people always, people always say like, oh, do you use like the same foods in your pre-workout? Like, like it's kind of weird because like, you'll see like one client like post her pre-workout meal and then you'll see the other client post her pre-workout meal. It's like the same pre-workout. They're same like, thing. They're like, are we eating the same foods? Like, yeah, because it digest. Because I, because I've seen it work the best for, like, the majority of the people, and I know there's always a different thing. But then there comes changes within that, like, who progresses. Like, yeah. there's there's different amounts of food that end things up aren't feeling good. That's where the that's where that's where the changes really come. Like we talked about the training plan last week. Like I always start out with someone who like kind of on a more I guess you would say cookie cutter training program. Um, we got to figure that out. But then, then like I, like we talked about already, it takes a bit to figure people out. Like some people, yeah. And it find like it takes people to, hey, what equipment do you have in your gym? What's there available? Like some people don't give you that information right off the bat. And no, not everyone's gym nerds like you and I. Like when yeah. I message Justin, <laughs> they're like, and what he are asked we looking me, at? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I literally listed him like 80 pieces of equipment. I was like, I can, and I knew he would know. Like if I tell him like I got a Nautilus high incline press, I know he knows that that machine converges to ha- like I know he knows every you know yeah just because like when you're doing this for a living in 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 our circle that's how it is so and like you said not everyone provides that you'll you'll like this this morning I had uh, a bunch of clients uh, training with me and uh, to, just to kind of segue to this this point and. I, 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 there was like six of us and I said, okay, so what's everyone training? And actually like five out of six people were like, oh, I'm training pull, including me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, oh, so like, what's everyone got? And at the same time, everyone's like single arm cable rows. I'm like, me too. <laughs> you know so like it was they're probably looking at you like they're probably looking at you like what the fuck is this guy is this guy coaching us or is he just like is he just like creating the same plan for everyone I'm like no, these exercises really do work for majority of the people all these exercises truly do work it's just changing a little bit of the mechanics to make it fit yeah, so if you guys really so, want to know but- how we develop training programs it's basically that there's more to it yeah especially as you get more in depth with it like like we do, like as I've gotten more in depth with biomechanics and stuff like that, and starting to yeah. truly learn things, we do get in depth. But I find that, like going back to our original point, not too many coaches take in biofeedback, and it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous, and it makes our jobs harder because yeah. then you get these shitty coaches to drive people into the ground, and it's like, ah, cool. Now we got to take. Now we got to take. Now we like got work. Six, now we got to take. Now we got to take six months. Of you being completely fucking bored. Yeah, off the path. Off yeah, the per, like, away from the target of perceived value. Like I hate like I hate it because people are just like, when? Like when? 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 Yeah, like when, when can I train hard? When can I diet? When can and I you know it's like, like and well, it's so hard and it's just so hard to tell people that. Like that's the hardest part of coaching because like you wanna because you wanna do that because you wanna help them with their goal. But yeah. if you're a good coach. Their goal that is helping them with their goal. <laughs> their goal comes after taking care of their health. Yeah, because you can't get 
you know, health to first, the other if end. Health, if their health, if you check the box off for health, then it comes down to, hey, what's your goal? And then after yeah. that, it's okay. Third is to create the plan to get to the goal. And that's really yeah. how it goes. So I find communicating that is really, really difficult though. And it kind of, and then I think this is a good, the good segue into mentality is how do you sure. coach someone through that phase? Because this is the hardest, it's, it's the hardest part mentality wise, I find for people when you're dealing with something like hormones and you had to tell them, Hey, like we have to take this, we have to take these reins back. And it's like, and they struggle with that because they just been taught so to go hard. And it's like, if you pull the brakes back, it's just like, it like devastates some people. Like, completely. Oh, it, it completely destabilizes a lot of people. Like it just pulls the floor from underneath them. But the one nice thing about having this good communication and maybe having a little bit of psychological uh, imprint into a client's life, you know, it's not like we need to know everything, but like the things that are affecting their fitness and their health goals, we need to know if they're affecting protocols, we need to know. Yeah. And so What's really nice about doing those things is as a rule compared to maybe some of the other styles of coaching that I don't think are as valuable, our attention is pretty high. Like my, or at least speaking for myself. And I, and I know I talked to you about this before, you know, and whether it's your coach or my coach, good coaches, retention is high. The beautiful thing about working with someone for a little while is once, you know, like talking about deloads or, you know, it depends how the programming is done. So like I run people through like a neurological phase um, that's a deload and then sometimes a uh, metabolic phase, but people don't like that, like training full body, like RIR, you know, they go to that and from training failure, you know, more of like a specific targeted muscle split yeah. and they're like, fuck, like, I, I just don't like it, you know? So like, I struggle all the time to coach people through that, but if I can get them through that eight to 12 weeks without things completely destabilizing, if I ever have to do it again with that client, uh it's so much easier because you know like i've just ran a few girls through it and it's like females i'm gonna pick on you guys you guys are really bad on yourself because like you always think you're bloated and you know like anything like the wind changes directions and there's a problem yeah yeah and it's like honestly, it's like one day of it, like maybe like a loose maybe like they have like a loose stool like one day or they get like bloated yeah. like one day i'm like it's one day like you're a human like, being you know like this is not just like some automatic car that just runs the same like every single day forever you know and like a lot of those times like even on even if they're having their menstrual cycle and stuff like i've done it to clients where i've taken like different weeks of pictures and mixed them all up and it's like tell me show me the bloated ones where where where's the bloated one <laughs> they never can find them you know honestly so it's a it's a, it's a lot in, in the mindset but once you go through these phases and you see your health improving your skin everything starts to tighten up because you're dropping off stressors if you can coach the person through that mentality like hey this is you know i'm a pretty philosophical coach because of the things that i'm interested in mm-hmm. um so i fully understand that i'm probably weird <laughs> you know but like but it seems to work for me and i will tell clients like hey i know that in the past you wouldn't have done these things so maybe is that something that why is that like should we be looking at that and then that gets them thinking a certain way like okay why haven't i done these like truthfully ask yourself why you haven't done them 
and, and not be and like the answer isn't because you're going to lose results because that's incorrect so come up with a new answer you know dig deeper there's a deeper one in there and then they kind of okay I, I get what you mean it's probably because i'm just scared you know like it's all this anxiety and fear okay well we know that prolonged exposure with anxiety like if i expose you to something that gives you a little bit of anxiety like if you were you know if doing this podcast was giving you a lot of anxiety and i said okay anthony how about you just come on the podcast and you don't say much and we just talk i'll do most of the talking and you uh you know just just be here just yeah. get on the video and just see what it's like get your eyes on it and feast it and then next time you say a couple sentences and then the next time you'd be surprised what you can kind of like progressive overload your mind to take on you know because you realize like hey that wasn't that bad like it wasn't my favorite but i also didn't all these crazy things that i thought could happen didn't happen so okay now you've got the person moving a little bit forward and then we can also start to look at things like well are you where you want to be no i'm not obviously that's why you're here okay so and why do you think that is well because I don't take proper rest <laughs> because I, you know, so like, Oh, okay. So you do know. And then, you know, once, you know, once I can kind of ask the right questions, that's why like your coach actually put it very well. You know, Mark said to be a great coach, you have to ask the right questions. And I have a little bit of a knack for this, I think. So getting someone to come to their own answer without me just dictating that that's the right answer really helps people to buy into it because I'll usually walk some down someone down a path of asking the right questions to where now they've answered the question, but they've answered their own question and not with some uh, facade that they've kind of encapsulated the answer and to protect their ego, you know, like, no, this is really why I'm doing this. Yeah. And then you start to tell people like, look, if I, you ask them about their last, you know, and I'm using the example of someone who's already pretty diligent on their fitness, probably overworking, you know, like someone who's just not quite getting it, but yeah. is already got a lot of the puzzles in place. So you tell them, okay, let's look at your last three years of training. You haven't made much progress. And then you start looking at the individual four-way stops where they came to these decisions and they sacrificed the future for the present every time. And then you tell them, hey, what if, just what if? Like, who could you be and what could you do if we didn't sacrifice the future for this instant gratification, like of being leaner or of just keeping on training till failure because it's a psychological band-aid because you have things you haven't worked on in your mindset, you know? So, and then that usually really after that, uh, and then I might have to use, if I know enough about the person, I might have to use individual examples, you know, like if someone has the way their life set up, it's like, Hey, do you want to show that your kids that, you know, you can take this on and you can do this and like be a good role model and do it positively. You know, you can use things in people's life to sort of really amplify what you're trying to say. And that always seems to really get me the ability to uh, have people buy in. And once they start buying into that process, it's usually such a downhill battle. Like I'm talking like within five, if you can get them starting in the right mindset, like, okay, I, I know what he said and I've, Every time I've come to this exact moment, I've done a choice A. Well, this time I'm going to try choice B. And I'm going to, you know, I'll tell them, like, give me two weeks. Two weeks is nothing of your life. You know, like you've been doing this fitness thing, like running around with the chicken, like your head cut off for three, four, five, six years. You know, give me two weeks and do what I say. And 
instead of putting all the stress and anxiety into what is negatively going to happen, maybe start imagining what positively could happen. Like the things I'm telling you, because let's face it, that's why you're here is to have the knowledge that I have. It's like, I know these things will probably work. So if we just do them and all of a sudden, five days into a recovery protocol, you know, that's when you get these texts like, Hey, my skin has never been this good. Hey, I haven't had bloating in five days. Hey, this, Hey, my knee doesn't hurt. You know, like all of a sudden, all these stressors and metabolic issues start to really be noticed that things are improving. And usually that's enough. You can derive enough positive emotion from that piece of results that they sort of forget about like PRs and stuff just for the time being. Cause it's like, Hey, the PRs will come and they can start to feel it because it doesn't take a very imaginative person that if you're pretty bloated most days and you got a headache at two o'clock and you need 500 milligrams of coffee to kind of, you know, just live basically, yeah. you know, uh, or caffeine, I meant not coffee, sorry. And, uh, it doesn't take a very imaginative person to think, well, what kind of PRs could I hit if I had no stomach ache ever and no two o'clock massive migraines because I haven't had 500 milligrams like, and my sleep is better. Like it doesn't take a rocket scientist <laughs> to figure out that like, that's probably going to lend pretty well to what I'm trying to like, do. Like, hey, here, you're you stressed. <laughs> like, so I, that was my... I think that's so true. I think asking the right questions is also where you coach that mentality. Because yeah. then they start to learn, are you asking the right questions? Then they start to ask themselves that questions. Like throughout yeah. time, as time goes on. And I think that's when also people start to get better results is because then they start to, then they start to really learn their body and learn what they learn, like what works for them. And I find that that's when that like you said, the downhill battle starts to go, like the wheels start to turn, like everything starts to go um, because I find that so important because people ask, like some of my clients are like, why don't you just add these questions on your check-in sheet? And I'm like, because I want to go down this rabbit hole and see what your answers are like in the moment, because I want to yep. know, because people, especially when you just brought up like the example of stress or someone who would probably have high cortisol um, and you would see it and they don't understand it. And they don't understand what it's from. And then you go through it and you keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper until you find like what the root is of that. And they're like, oh, that's that's a stressor. And you're like, yeah. yeah. And then you have that teaching moment that you teach them through that. And it's like, then they get better at recognizing when they're stressed. Like, I'm sure you know now when you feel stressed, like you like you can feel like your heart starts. Oh, racing. God. Like a lot of it's people literally crazy. Like a lot of people don't realize that is like when you get really good at detecting of when you're not stressed, if you're in a period of when you're not stressed for a while and everything just feels good, which is hard to do in today's society because like we're in like the worst fucking grind culture. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, people don't really know what it's like to not have like their heart be racing or not have to worry about something. And I think yeah. that's why, that's why people struggle for results too, is because the more constant their cortisol is going to be up, the more their weight's going to be up. They're just going to be holding on to water and it's just going to be holding on to everything. And you see, Hey, and you just brought up like also the overtraining thing. Like you take someone from seven, six, seven days and you bring them down to like four. It's just like all of a sudden that water, just like, that's why people, that's why people, when you see people like drop like 10 pounds, like in a month, typically it's from, 
a bunch of inflammation. It's not true. Yep. It's not just fat. It's a bunch of actually like just holding on to a bunch of inflammation that they have and they haven't had someone actually get rid of it and they haven't had someone address it. Like people wonder how people get those, like we like bring it all back to that instant results thing. It's like these people just, it just happens. Like you just take a ton of stress off their body and that, and that gets it. And then you drop like all that weight. And then what you do is as that weight starts to drop, you bring that food up and it just like starts to get the ball rolling. And as you bring the food up, it just like continues that metabolic like function gets kicked back in the kicks back in the start. And it's just like, then you're from there. Like I say, like sometimes I can learn someone's body in a, in three weeks and some people's I can learn body in like three months. It like fully depends on the person and coaching and coaching that mentality and giving that education to that person is why it's so important because like you said, well, you empower them too, right? Yeah. You know, because like if you arm someone with information that is pragmatic, so not just, you know, cause like there's a difference between, and I was bad for this when I was young, just talking to hear myself talk mm-hmm. because I wanted people to think I was smart truthfully. And then um, through some, well, I'm actually one of my, one of this is a good story for a podcast. One of the massive psychedelic experiences I did. Um, I remember like talking to myself as a, as a cartoon. And <laughs> because your serotonin is so high, it's different. But my avatar was just trash talking me. Like, it was like, hey, why do you talk like that? Like, if you're so fucking smart, why don't you make things understandable? And you know what I mean? Like, he's just trash talking me. And then I remember, like, <laughs> when I came back to reality, I was like, fuck, I do do that. You know, like, my ego is just so dissolved that I was like, shit, I do that. And I've worked very hard to not do that because people don't want, like, most people, most people, you know, like, because when we talk about athletes that are, like, maybe better genetically gifted than you and I, but want the same amount of knowledge that you and I want, mm-hmm. that's, like, three percent less to one percent of the the population for clients especially where we're at in our clientele you know like we're getting athletes and stuff which is really cool like i'm not getting olympia athletes i'm not getting like junior national heavyweight athletes you know like that's not that's not for heavyweight bodybuilders no no nor do i feel like nor do i feel like i'm up there i don't deserve it i I don't think i I don't think i could even coach a super heavyweight bodybuilder at all (laughs) you know so it's like well, whether I could or couldn't, I just don't know that I could add that much value to someone who's already at that, at that spot. Level, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, it might be just like there is like the genetic outlier that gets there and really has no idea how they got there. But for the most part, you've accumulated some knowledge, at least for your own physique at that point. Yeah. So for us, it's like, hey, um, most people don't need to know that like you know, that their fish oil is a monoglyceride of this form. You know, it's like most people just want to know, like, what what time can I take it? Why is this going to benefit me? And, you know, like, what's the cost? Like, the very basic things. And then how do they implement it? How is it going to help them? And maybe a brief summary on why, you know, and that, that's like it. So breaking it down for people, it sort of empowers them because they can take this information and go like, oh, I see. I wasn't doing this before. And if I do this and, and I do have this issue or this thing, what he's saying makes sense. So they will implement it. But if you just tell people like, hey, do this because I said so, or like, not because I said so, but just like, here, do this. You know, like most people don't respond great to that. 
because I think of what you mentioned before, it was very insightful. Like, I think when you hire a coach, be honest, because I would say this to my coach, like I was, it takes a minute to figure out, like, even though I know, I knew Justin was like a fantastic coach. Fantastic. You know, cause like I'm seeing the results he's getting. That's why I hired him. It's not like I thought he was incompetent. It's not true. <laughs> but like in the back of my head, when I started off, it's hard giving when, when you feel like you've done these things and you're doing these things and you're scared to let anything go, like you don't want to slip one foot backwards. Right. So it's like the chance that that could happen is scary, or at least for me, it was. So I was like, you know, it's like, geez, this is different than what I was doing. And that's different. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of time. And I just kept telling myself, no, you hired this guy, just shut the fuck up and don't ever do not what he says. <laughs> you know, like that, that's what you have to do. But I still had those thoughts. So I understand why a client, you know, and that's maybe not even the best example, because like, look at his roster, look at his physique. He has more accolades than I do. So like a client coming to you and I, it's not surprising that sometimes they might like, I have a lot of my clients are more jacked than me. Actually, I have like probably five clients that I will never be as jacked as them. <laughs> that's a, like, that's perfectly, be, that's perfectly okay. Cause you get the opportunity you know? to actually be in their life and impact them through something else. That's greater than what you probably do in your, in your bodybuilding career. Correct, man. So I think, yeah. So like, what would you, is there anything else you would say that's like a really important factor to kind of coaching this, mentality side like we kind of talked a little bit briefly about communication obviously like protocols and trying to frame things a little bit differently than maybe someone has framed them before mm -hmm. just because like a removed perspective is always nice you know like i'm sure you've struggled with things and you kind of understand even the subject matter because of how knowledgeable you are as a coach mm -hmm. but then mark might say like yes you're right but like have you thought about it like this and then you go fuck not really you know, like my point made, had a point, but like your point's better. And I think sometimes when you have a little bit of knowledge, it's easy to stick your stick in the ground when you have a point, yep. I air quoted that, or you're right. And I air quoted that too, yep. you know, like I, I kind of am right. And here I am. So I'm like not moving the stick and you die on that hill, you know? And it's like, yep. well, sometimes if you can just remove the perspective and think like, well, maybe there's something I'm not seeing here. Anytime you've abdicated responsibilities, there's usually results there, <laughs> you know, which yeah. sucks because it's like most people know. It's like if you tell them, hey, like, how was your nutrition? Like, actually, how is your nutrition this week? Well, it was about 85, 90%, which is pretty damn good. And it's like, okay, so imagine what if it was like at 95, but you're complaining about results or, or, or you're not happy with the results you're having, but you have literally 15% in your control right now today, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes that can make people go like, yeah, I get your point. Like you giving me a slower tempo is not going to crank up my results as much as like the slow hanging fruit of me just like so not screwing up my protocols, yeah. you know? So anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, I plant my flag and then like Austin kind of just fucks it up. Like there's sometimes when me and comes Austin and javelins across when, when me and when me and Austin like discuss some of my protocols, like I'll have something, but then he'll make me think about it a different way. And I'm like, interesting. He's a really insightful human, eh? Yes. Like the way his brain thinks. I've listened yeah, to enough of this stuff and it's crazy. It's really interesting. Talking to him, we had an hour discussion the other day and it was just like, oh my God. Like blows. He's got a blows. deep, fast mind.
it blows my brain because we were discussing the cyber protocol that I was creating and it was just like he was just like blowing my mind with things and I was like and you know I find that also is the perfect example of what it means to get better by asking the right questions yeah because when you have I talked about this actually last week on our episode I think too I talked about how I always ask Austin more and more questions and I find the deeper I get and the deeper I get into things the more it starts to click and the more he starts to give, which allows us to develop a better relationship as mentor and mentee. And it just like builds, it builds that relationship, but it's kind of bringing into the coaching mentality. I think also me as a coach, my personality is very, very, I'm very hard nosed with things. Like I have empathy with things, but I'm also very, very hard nosed. Like if you're, if you're, for a few weeks in a row, like if you're at like that 85% or something like that, and you're like, I'm like, I'll, I'll be very, I'll be very upfront with them in their check-in. Like a lot of people expect all these check-ins and people, no matter if it's lifestyle or not, like I have a very similar approach to how I, like, of course my competitors always get more of the rougher things. Uh, but it's, it's still very, you got to give people the truth. Well, you scaled it, you scale it. That's, that's the way yeah. I look at it. Right. Yeah. So like if you're dealing with a competitor, let's say, what do you think about this? So like you're dealing with a competitor and for them, maybe like going over their weekly average carbohydrates by 22 grams is like kind of blowing it. Yes. But like if you took a lifestyle client, that's you know, like I'm talking an average, you know, not per day. So like over the whole week there, you know, it's like, Yes, we need to be better. So you say the same but thing, you coach them, but, but you, it's like you coach them. You coach them more about how to get relevant better, to them about yeah. how to get better because lifestyle people, like we talked about throughout this whole episode, they don't really know better. Whereas the guys who want to compete or something, they know it. They're just being fucking lazy about it, and you know it. And it's just well, like, it's like, do you want to get on stage? You're the one going to get on stage in very yeah. little clothing in front of people. Like, do you want to, was that good? Did that ice cream or like whatever thing that you did, was that worth it? You yeah. know, and and I think all the also, time it's like, no, it's not. I think also holding that information back also doesn't help either. When people are like, when people send their check-ins and they look watery and you're like, you look watery, but it was your, it was your rest day and it was your, it was your low day and stress was low. I'm like, there's something deeper there that you're not telling me. And then it comes out and it's like, you kind of, you kind of get it out of them, but then you got to tell them that it's okay to tell me these things because like, those are important things to know about, especially on a check-in day. Like 100%. you only get, you only get one set of photos a week. And if you decide to have like cake and ice cream, like the night before your check-ins, like, and they look and you look watery. And you look completely different than where you looked about the week before. And even though that the whole week, your, your scale weight looked good, your biofeedback looked good, everything looked good, but you're looking watery. Like there's something deeper there. And if you're not honest with your coach, that kind of also, we talked about the effort that we give as coaches, that kind of changes our effort towards them because it, it, hinders, it hinders that relationship just a little bit because they're hiding things. So especially if you find out later, because what ends up happening is so what my sense of this is like what happens sometimes is because you and I are problem solvers, 
and you ask them if you ask them and sometimes people aren't honest and you say like hey how was the week though like was anything off or protocols were like good and i always like how people admit to something that's like either benign or not true where they'll be like well i like didn't get my steps in on wednesday but like yeah everything was good so you're like geez why why is things not looking good or and then you start maybe changing protocols because you think like well this isn't stress working. Stress is too high, or like something is not good because like these last two times I haven't really been good. And then you find out later that like, oh, they were doing these other things. And it's like, well, now you had me kind of like on a wild goose chase. I was over there trying to find a solution to your problem. And the problem was right here. And I left. You know what I mean? Like I left <laughs> that problem and walked away from it because you didn't tell me it was a problem. Like I was staring you know? directly at it. It's like Harry Potter. Yeah, like, yeah literally. It's like, yeah. it's like he's standing right in front of you and you're like, ah. Oh. There he is. It's like, there's yep. the thing. Um, because it's so, because like I've had that before and it's just like, you know, a hundred percent honesty teaches that mentality because like I said, it gives the coaches a better read over the person. And literally that's what it's about. It's, prob it's problem solving. We're problem. Like you talked about, we're problem solvers of a person. If you don't tell us, it makes putting those puzzle pieces together a lot freaking harder. Like you're going to be trying to match, like you said, fit that, fit that square peg in a, in a round hole in the circle. Yeah. Like you're trying to do that and it's just not working until the athlete kind of tells them. And like you said, as you get better, like I said, as I get better at coaching, I could see when someone is not doing the plan. Like there's a clear thing of if they're not getting results, there's something there. And typically it starts with they have a limiting mindset here that something's getting in their way of actually like typically it's never every single thing that a lot of people face roadblock wise is, is here. Yep. It's never really, it's never really the hunger or the, or like all the things that like, like eating off plan, like all that starts here. Like it doesn't start anywhere else. So I think that's a big thing. Like with the, with like that, that I was going into with like finding out, like finding out things because, because it all starts in, in the head rather than actually anywhere else, which is like the yeah, interesting then. part because learning a human, like humans don't even know the human brain. Like we might know <laughs> as much as we can, but no. like, I mean, very limited. We barely, even, we barely even scratch the surface, probably, on what the human brain like truly, truly can do. Legit, man. And We've got it's, and it's not like, much. And it's like that's the hardest thing. Like, like you could tell. Like I had someone last week have a BG in like their hundreds or something, and they're like, "Oh, I don't feel too stressed." And I was like, "You sure?" I was like, "What was this?" They were like, "I felt stressed like one day," and I was like, "What was the stressor?" And it was like this huge, long really stressor and then this week they were in the 90s like all week and i was like this is a big improvement <laughs> i was like i was like it might be still in like the higher mid 90s but i'm like this is a big improvement to being in the in the low hundreds like completely i'd rather see mm -hmm. those 90s and but their weight but their weight's not moving and i'm like i'm like that doesn't make sense i'm like because your bg your weight will follow your bg like as mm -hmm. you get more insulin sensitive, your body weight is going to start falling. That's why I didn't make yep. any changes to the plan this week. I was like, hey, you know what? We're going to 
we're going to see how your BG goes this week. And I bet your body weight's going to fall. I'm like, yep. if you stick to the plan this week, if you give me an absolute perfect week, because they went out sometime this week and I knew they were going out. So they, they at least planned it ahead. So thank you for letting me know that because it helps me at least with, with what to see. But I was Hell like, yeah. that one day held them back from this week of probably hitting a well on their scale. Um, but you know, it's still a lifestyle person. So time is time is usually never is never, you're not under time constraints, but I'm like, give me this week. I was like, give me this perfect week. I was like, I normally don't preach perfection, but give me one perfect week. I was like, I want to see what happens because that's the big thing. I was like, control your stress, control your sleep, hit all the targets and let's see. Because when you tell people that, that's what sparks that mentality too. I, I say, I always tell people there's always one time where I'm just like, if they're not getting those results, I'm like, give me one week, one week. It's all I ask. And I, I check up with them and, and sometimes, and this is actually one thing I don't do with these. I won't check up on the middle of the week because I want to leave it up to them to decide we build accountability that way and it's no different than teaching people to come to you you know like you have you have a job if you didn't do your responsibilities well you you know that like well someone's gonna find out it's like i better go tell someone i didn't get this done but like that kind of makes you feel shitty and then you're probably not going to do that very often because it's shitty to go tell your boss that like hey this thing you really wanted done didn't get done especially for like a jack off reason you know that's even worse you know, so it's the same thing with fitness. And that I think it works better when the client has that, that respect. I think when coaches lead, the coaches that seem to do the best lead from the front very well. Like they're very progressive with trying to get better, like at multiple things in their life, um, you know, whether that's their physique or, or, or their businesses and, or all of it, people really pick up to that. You know, like I noticed that working with my roster now compared to in the past, I am way better at like practicing what I preach. Not that I didn't before, but like I'm very, very on my stuff now. Yeah. And it's really easy to tell a client to do something that like, to be honest, is 70% of what I'm doing mm -hmm. versus like I, in the past, telling a client to do 104% of what I was doing <laughs> probably was way harder for my psyche to pull, like put out as being very valuable and trusting and you know, that that would have like broken down communication for sure at the psychological level. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a big part of it is, you know, just giving that, like, I just find that that always turns it around because it's turned it around for one, for a few of my guys really rapidly. And then they see what that one week does and they're like, Oh my God. They're like, well, they get hungry for the, the, the perfect week next week maybe the week after yeah, and then, then the week after and then the week after and then they chase that and you see like their macros start to get more consistent you start to see their steps get more consistent and then you start to see their weight start to drop or they start to see their weight start to gain if they're if they're trying to put on muscle yeah. like you start to see things trend in the right direction when you give them that only option of give me one week like show me like i always yeah, literally how about I always you want it's the, my favorite, my favorite ever thing is the man in the arena. Like it's, up oh to, yeah, I like that. Like it's up to you. Like you're the person going into that arena every single day. 
up to yep. you to decide you're going to live you're going to die <laughs> you got to fight man it's like and i hate and I hate saying that because people are going to be like, oh, that's not how to fucking coach. I'm like, your methods could get you your methods. I was like, guys that on my team that give me the 100% and are willing to do anything to go into that arena and live are the ones that get the insane results. Yeah. So what do you think about this? Because like, it's funny because over my coaching career, as I've grown into who I am, which I'm very confident in now, and I wasn't always. Um, it, it, it's been interesting. Like, as I've gotten more me, I find I've gotten, I do more weird shit that wouldn't be in like a coaching handbook, let's say. You know what I mean? And I, sometimes I feel weird about that because like I, I, t- I, I send people philosophical type messages. Like I, I'm very weird, but it seems to work for me. So then I've just been telling myself like, hey, people are happy. They're getting results. Like, I really don't care if someone thinks that like what someone thinks what about someone, what my specific way of framing something, you yeah. know, like it's because that's just one way of saying a thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's 10,000 ways to spin that man in the arena to make a point. It's just that if you, you know, like I, I like that too. And it's because I'm imaginative, I'm creative, I'm philosophical, I like history. So like all of that stuff just like really fits, you know, like, I, cause it's like, Hey, when Justin does that to me, I fucking like it. Like, you know, like it gets me fired up. Yeah. So like someone's got to like it. Like there's gotta be other people like me. <laughs> yeah. There's other people that, that really do thrive under, and we always say stress is a bad thing. But this is a good stre- – like, this is a really – Pressure. Acute, it's really acute stress. Like, they like putting someone under pressure – and like we said, like, we have former athletes. Like, if you put them under pressure, they typically – that fires up that, that former athlete in them, and it brings that out. And so, you got to make it to each its own. Like, to each person, there's a different way of communicating with each person. So, 100%. So in all reality, with coaching the mentality, you really have to learn who the person is, develop that relationship with them because their mentality will thrive if you take the time to develop that relationship with them. And then it's up to them how they want to go about it because like I said, and I know a lot of coaches listen to this, as a coach, it's not your, it's not your worry they decide to not give effort. That's on them. You can only do so much, but you could teach, you could teach them that mindset to get them right. If you just spend the time to do it. Cause a lot of, cause I know a lot of coaches that won't spend that extra effort because they say they don't have time. But if you really look at it and you do a time audit, you'll have the time to take care of your people. You'll have the time. Ah, to, man, to you just people. nailed something so good. Cause I was just thinking of that. Like, I've heard that a lot too. Like, oh, well, Dylan, like, it's not your job to do this or that. And it's like, first off, who made you the boss of what this job entailed per se? And second off, most of the time I find that like, no, you, you just aren't it. Like, you know, like when other coaches are telling me that it's like, uh, no, I think you need to go back to the drawing board. And it's like, I look at your roster, I look at your results and what you're telling me, you're right. Like you're getting exactly what you're putting in. And yeah. you're getting it for them exactly what you're putting in, you yeah. know? And like, that just never interested me because 
to be honest, so me and my fiance went for pedicures last night. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of funny. So the, the pedicure place was, it's like a, uh, I think it's a Filipino owned run. And I was so impressed. Like we phoned there and um, there was no room for an appointment. And then the girl said, just hold on. I want to, I'm going to ask the manager. She came back right away and was like, oh, we'll fit you in. We'll move, we'll move people around, you know, like no big deal. Like we, we want the business. And I told my fiance after, I was like, see, that's who I relate to. Like when someone's like, if there's a problem and it's like, no, uh, I don't know. Or like, I, I, I can't do that. And then it just dies there. Like uh, my brain doesn't function like that. <laughs> like, you know, if, so, if someone comes to me with a problem, I'll try to hunt it to the ends of the earth like literally and the more i don't know it the more that that factor kicks in <laughs> so somehow i'm wired, yeah because like, it pisses me off like it that pisses, me it too me off <laughs> that i don't know that i don't know the answer and i hate yep. it because the because a client because the athlete is re, re, is trying to wait for the answer and i'm like if i don't know this freaking answer and i can't find this it's going to frustrate the shit out of me and you never want to tell the client hey i don't know that and i and i can't find it like that's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Right. You but know, sometimes like, it, I, I but think sometimes the stories happens. are so good. Yeah. I think they're so good because they teach, it teaches clients kind of what a good coach might go through. And it also teaches other coaches. Like, I think sometimes uh, people don't realize the extent of like how much people are doing who are winning at what we do. Like how much furthering education, how much of this, how much of that they're doing. It's, it's a lot, you know, like more than what people think, you know, like when I was, Maybe like five or six years ago, I had a friend locally who was like one of our best bodybuilders in the province mm -hmm. reach out to me. And he was like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to try coaching myself. And at the time, he was looking a lot into uh, Milo Sarchev's uh, like training like protocols and procedures. And he was super interested in it. And he was like, he reached out to me on Instagram and he was like, hey, man, you're the only guy that I think that I know locally that I could talk to that like could make any sense of this and help me understand it. If it has any sense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't even know very much who Milos was. And then he was like, it would be sweet if you could meet me at the gym like tomorrow around three o'clock. And it was like 7 PM the night before I stayed up all night till the training session to learn every single piece that I could so that I could get to that thing and have value. And I was transparent. I literally said, I have no idea about any of this but give me 12 hours i will have an idea and a very good idea and so that like literally formed our friendship you know and to, to him I, he was literally three times the size of me i think at that time <laughs> and to him it didn't matter because it was like the fact that i had did that you know like showing a client that like i, I wanted to hunt that goal and the fact i knew nothing about what he was talking about pissed me off even more and then i didn't want to lose the opportunity because i was like geez it would be really good for me to get around this guy so I can learn and, you know, potentially we can create a relationship, all this stuff. And that's what I did. And I'm sure you can think of a bunch of examples of that too. And it's not to, I don't say that like speaking from moral high ground so I can talk about myself. I say that because I know that there's a lot of young coaches that listen to your podcast. Like this is the type that's, that's it. That's what it takes. You know, like I you're working full time, doing your check-ins all weekend, working mentorships with Austin, doing your stuff with Mark, which is all very expensive, never mind, but it's time consuming. Like it's not an accident that you're starting to walk on this path that you are. 
you know, and, and a lot of coaches like they get their ISSA online thing and it's like, oh, that's where, okay, that's good now. Like that's it. Like they just teach. No, like, that's like not talk, good now. Like we talked about like, like we talked about last week, like just like the macros and the training, like there's so, yeah. there's so much more to it. And if you decide, and this is why, because I actually have one of my guys is starting to become a coach and I'm just like, dude, ask me anything. Yep. I'm like, dude, you have, you not only have me, but you basically have me learning from one of the best coaches in the industry under Austin that I'm learning from that. Hey, like I, I probably asked him the same questions and he's probably yeah. answered it for me. And I can give you that information for free. Like, like I want to have that impact on people where like that point, like to that, to that level, like that's like, yeah. cool, but I love it, dude. Like I was up until like, I was almost up until like midnight last night. Like just like doing, See? like I was I just sparked an idea and all like of a sudden there it is. Like I was finishing my protocol, like for one person, I was like, I have to get this out tomorrow. Like I have to, because I spent all week doing it. And I was like, I need to nail these little details though. And I was, and not going to lie. I think it was also like, I had five guys at like 10 PM. And I was like, this probably is going to digest by the time I want to go to bed. So I was, like, I was like, I'm going to need a couple hours. I was like, but, but it just does that. But like, you ever get like, like I always get those days where you want to solve a problem and you're starting to see something in an athlete and you just have to look up things online, like whether they're right or not online, like you just, start matter. To go, you just start to go yeah. down the rabbit hole. You're like searching. That's a key. That's a key thing for coaches is some coaches are afraid. Like they give up after like looking at like WebMD or something like that. Like they won't go yeah. down to like the PubMed and actually read the whole study, read what they did. Like, like go. Like well, all these wanna, tools, like you said, you're signed up to certain people's, um, you know, like mentorship classes and stuff like those are all valuable value. Like a lot of them are like $30 a month, you know, like that's, that's reinvestable money into your yeah. business, you know? And it's, some of them are so like worth three it. and some of them are like, and then you take some of these classes and these classes aren't cheap. Like they're anywhere from like no. three, they're somewhere from like three to $500 typically. Yeah. And it's like people don't realize, especially as someone who's like a young coach and like, I don't, I don't say I charge a ridiculous amount for what I do. Me neither. And it's like, you know? I don't have a massive roster. So it's not like I'm bringing in all this dough. So most of the money that does come in, I don't even touch that money. Like that Same. money goes into, goes into, Hey, what course can I take next? Like, what can yep. I do? Like what's next? The next one I'm going to take is J3 university because I really want to take that one. Um, it's really cool. I'm, I'm waiting to, I'm waiting until I think next month I'm going to do it. Um, I've, yeah, tried, he, I've been, waiting, I've been waiting to pull the trigger. I'm just like, like being in Austin's mentorship. I'm just like, ah, I have this guy right here. Like, why do I need this? But then I'm like, there's a different perspective of learning from John. And so I'm like, that's like the next step. But I think getting excited to really learn answers and problem solve is really where you're going to find a great coach. Like that's really the coaches who care and the coaches who will teach you the most and the, co and the coaches who get the best. And I talked about this last week too always find a coach that's also failed. Like, yeah, like you never like, Hey, we've probably like, no one discusses their failures on Instagram. Like not really a hundred percent. Like you're not going to coach. Hey, I fucked up. Like you're no. never going to find those coaches, but you'll find us talking about it on here. Like you'll find us saying, Hey, like I talked about last week. Hey, I, I fucked up a few times with athletes, not to the point where their blood works messed up, but the point where, Hey, we had to revert a long different way, go a whole different route and wasted time. And like I said, like that, that kind of happens. 
and it's not it's not a great experience. You never want that for someone because, like we said, our our industry is results driven, and so but it's also service driven too. I was gonna say there's like a mix of results because to be honest, I've done it where. Like I have a pretty personable roster because like yourself, I talk to a lot of my clients quite mm-hmm. frequently. Yeah. And the few times where I've made mistakes, like you're saying, not like detrimental to anyone's health. Nope. Excuse me. Just like getting, you know, maybe a little bit derailed or I thought something was going to work. And then I was like, ah, fuck, that didn't yeah. work. And we took a three, four week detour kind of for nothing. I've gone right in my group chat and like been like, hey, we tried this thing with so-and-so and I was going to try it with a few people. But to be honest, I was wrong. It didn't work. This is kind of why I think it didn't work. And you'd be surprised how far that goes. You know, like, yes, obviously the person that, that's gone through that isn't going to be more happy than if they didn't have to take a three-week or four-week due tour. This is yeah. not the case. However, you'll probably retain that client. You know, they'll probably actually gain some respect and probably trust you in the long term yes. more, which will bring their results higher, faster, in the long term, you know, so there's like not sacrificing the future yeah, for the present because exactly. it would be really easy to be like, oh, uh, you kind of did this and like making excuses and, and kind of admitting it, but not really. And then it's apparent that like, no, you motherfucker, this just didn't work. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, exactly. Even like to I, an uneducated client. Like I know? messed up, like I messed up before and I admitted to the athlete and the athlete's like, hey, I fully trust what you're about to do next. Like he straight up yeah. told me, he's like, I trust whatever you're going to do next. He's like, I don't care how much time it takes us to get these results. He's like, I know we're going to get them. And having that belief, that. having that belief in someone is going to take your relationship farther. It's going to take your results farther. Like in the end game, it might take you a year, two years, it might take you multiple years. Like people don't realize we post a lot of these people that get quick results because it gets people in the door. It's good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Marketing, Literally. But some people don't get results for like a year and it just takes yeah. that long and it just takes that long. And it's kind of a, and like I said, it is a burden on us. And that's why I have this podcast with, with Dylan, because like we talk about these things, like it is a burden on us because we feel the pressure too. Like we want to get you results just as badly as you do, if not more. Like, yeah. And I think that that, being honest too with the client like that sort of builds a young, especially a young coach where you're just getting your feet. Like, you know, you've got up to the knees in the water, let's say, you know, like you have some confidence, you know, like maybe where we're at right now, like we're, we're very confident to help a lot of the population, but there's a subsect of the population, you know, like if we took the top 10% of our coaches rosters and they just gave them to us, we probably wouldn't know what to do with half of them, you know, or more or all of them. So but allowing being honest with your clients and saying like, Hey, this is the first time I'm trying to implement this. I just learned it from here or there or wherever. And I think it might help you, but I'm not sure. And I'm not even sure a hundred percent on how to apply it, but I have pretty resourceful and I have an idea. And I think if we just take a couple of weeks, I'll figure like, I'll be able to draw this out in a way that works for us. And that gives a, a young coach self-confidence. It starts to allow you to think for yourself and not be so scared that if you make a mistake, then that then client's going to leave you're or you're fucked. And you're fucked. Or you're and, so, a and everybody in the world's going to find out that you suck. Like that's always the hard part. That's always the hard part. That's why I think about. 
Because I think about that all the I think about that all the time. Like all the time. I'm like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up because like I said, our group is there and I know we have big eyes on us. And I know who's in the group. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, just don't fuck up, please. I'm like, just just get great results. Don't fuck up. Treat people the right way and you're gonna be fine. But you know, you just, you just have that intern, you have that pressure that just does it sometimes. And then, you know, sometimes it just doesn't go right, but I find, but we, we talked about last time, so I don't want to take up too much time, but coaching, coaching and giving, giving people teaching that mentality to kind of not think about how we think about things, but how we approach things and how we apply ourselves into our lives, like how we learn, how we do, and we walk the walk, like showing them that we do the same things that they're doing. That's how you coach that mentality is you yep. actually got to give a shit for, for the person and the person. And there's also that back thing where the person has to give a shit about themselves because that's their the goal. big part. That's the big part of, getting those results and teaching teaching the mentality of hey we got to go to failure we got to we got to get these we got to eat all this food like you sometimes you're going to have to do some cardio like it's like <laughs> whatever do, it is yeah or you might even have to rest but we'll teach you through all of it and it's that's what the coach does so you know coaching coaching the the mentality of a of a person is probably I would say bigger than coaching the physical. I will always say the mental. It's always the physical because if you don't believe in here, it's one hundred percent not happening here. And you, so we're right. not on we're not on YouTube, so you can't see. But I'm pointing to my head, and then I'm then I'm focusing on my body. So the moment you shift belief into yourself, which comes from at least for me, telling them to give me one perfect week, like that's where, that's where self belief really comes from. Like show up for yourself, and that's just not only for the coach but for the athlete because, like like I said, you're not going to get any results if you don't believe it. Believe you can, at all. You're so right. You know, like I think so many coaches kind of lock themselves in a closet, so to speak where they've trapped themselves. Like they, they don't want to, they're too fearful and our industry's not kind either. You know, like we're, you and I are very lucky that we're in a circle of people that are very competent and very, very well respected and very skilled, but the people that they're looking out for, they understand that like Justin understands that I'm not going to be where he's at i haven't done the prerequisites to be where he is but i'm trying at least to do the things that are possible for me to do and he can see that so like i'm not it's helped me be okay to make some mistakes because i don't feel like i'm going to be scolded by my community although i fear it so i try not to make mistakes (laughs) but i know deep down that like if it was something that like hey i tried this thing and you know i had this is the logic as to why I, I was going to try it and it didn't work out. Most of the time, many good coaches would say like, that's what learning how to be a good coach is about, you know, and I, I learned a lot about this learning about sports teams, which is weird. I had to research sports teams, like sports psychology, because I know nothing about it. You know, like I, it mm-hmm. sounds funny, but like, 
Matt Jansen, I, I remember like two years ago reading some of Matt Jansen's posts and being like, he would always use these football analogies. And like, keep in mind, I never played sports. I was a beast growing up. But like, I can remember thinking, holy man, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like having this belief in yourself and having the older guys kind of look out for the younger guys. So there's something to come up, you know, to like carry the torch and keep the legacy going. That's how really good sports franchises are run. You know, like the assistant coaches are in the mud and they're kind of grinding, doing a lot of the dirty work, but they're also being groomed and taught a lot of skills that are going to, because they've not sacrificed the, the present for the future, when the future comes, there's a massive payoff, you know, and I really bought into that. So that helped me a lot. Yeah. So I think we've been on this talk on that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think so too, man. We can wrap it up anytime. Yeah, I think uh, I think we really nailed every single point and then a little bit of coaching talk. So, you know, if you guys do enjoy these episodes, I think we're going to start doing these pretty more frequently. Honestly, me and Dylan just like to have conversations. We just end up recording them. So <laughs> it's just like that's kind of how it's going to go. There'll be one sort of main topic. If you guys really do enjoy these episodes, let us know because we'll keep doing these because I find these are really these are really great for people. And I think it really teaches us. It's kind of like we're on like a Joe Rogan experience, truly be honest. Kind of. What I, what I, what, the way I'm shaping it in my head is uh, there's going to be a lot of nuggets for people. And I understand that it's not like the most blastfully entertaining thing to listen to. Mm -hmm. But if you have the patience and you, you know, even put it on 1.5 times speed and you can comprehend that, you listen to it and there's going to be some nuggets that will hit you and sometimes it's only one sentence that's all it takes to change course I've learned this a lot you know like Justin will say a lot of things to me and it might only be like one or two statements that it's just like oh I see you know what I mean mm -hmm. so uh, this one stuck with me and it's it's relevant so I'll leave I'll leave everyone with this when I when I got into the, uh, the supplement store business I partnered with my partner who's like an amazing business person. He was successful at it before I came into the group. And the first year was like rough. I, I, I had these expectations and we didn't hit them. And, you know, anyway, I sat down with him and I was like, like kind of complaining in a sense, I guess. And he said a lot of things to me, but one thing just stuck with me. And he looked at me right in the eye and he said, bro, that's why I partnered with you because I thought you were going to do it. And for some reason that just hit me like a ton of bricks because he, I was like, fuck. Oh, I see. Like I was kind of like waiting for the brand's coattail to come and tide to rise and rise my ship up too, you know, like <laughs> because he had a successful brand of this store uh, in a different city. And I just thought like, Oh, I'll put one in the neighboring city and everyone will come here and it'll be sick. And, you know, and then it's like, oh, I have to get out and grill a market. Oh, I have to like be on my A game every single day so everyone has a great experience. Oh, I have to mentor the staff so that we have a great, you know, culture. Oh, oh, oh. And it was just that one sentence. It literally changed the shape of the course of my life overnight. So that there's there's some powerful stuff to be derived from it. And we'll try to pick topics maybe more narrowly as we as we get on yeah. but like you say it's it's been uh it's been fun just kind of talking about it plus i think that if we plan on doing this a little bit more it helps to have a couple episodes where people get as much of our you know 
uh, dialect as possible. It'll help. It'll help us kind of figure out what we want to talk about in the future. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it starts more narrow, and then as we develop our relationship together, because this is only our second episode. So as That's this right. starts, as this starts to develop, you guys will see us get more and more into it and start to see more of us like ask questions. This is why I also like this because you ask questions and I ask questions, which is the I'm very curious. Yeah. The podcast I actually like rather than just me, even though it's on my podcast, I like actually having the ability to converse rather than just well, of course. questions. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's the basis of everything, right? That's you get two coaches' perspectives for for free. You know, for free. <laughs> love so, it, man. Thanks for having me on again. It's really fun. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait yeah, to get yeah, dude, we got to do this like, we probably got to record these like weekly because people are going to. I think so. Weekly or bi-weekly, man. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you guys did enjoy this episode, um, definitely go tag us on Instagram, share it on your story. Um, I think the last episode did pretty well uh, or the last episode did pretty well. So um, if you guys do enjoy it, definitely go, definitely go share it on your Instagram story, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating. Um, all of it helps the podcast grow. Um Maybe even after we do multiple episodes ourselves, maybe we'll even delve into getting guests on guests on whatever yeah, we'll yeah. call these, whatever we'll call these episodes. Do we even have, we need to come up with the damn time. Uh, we we need to do some marketing meetings. <laughs> we, need to, yeah, we need to do some marketing meetings. Maybe we'll just have to create a whole new podcast. Maybe I'll end up running two podcasts. Um, who knows? Um, that could be the next adventure. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, uh, you said something Did did the last one we did do. Okay. Relative to some of your other episodes or not yeah. really. I like think you don't have to blow smoke at me. You know, you can tell no, me. The last, the last episode, the last episode did pretty well. Um, yeah. I did a pretty poor job marketing it. <laughs> That's just me. Um, but a lot of people like like deep conversations. So I find that these I see. Do give us. Um, so they get better. As I asked my fiance, she listens to all my stuff because she's super supportive. So like, she's not really like super into fitness, but she's my rock, you know, so she'll listen yeah. to stuff. And she's my grounder because if I get too egotistical about something or doing something <laughs> shitty, she'll be like, hey, hey, you know, you're not, you're, you're not doing a good job there. But uh, I asked her and she's like, no, it was really good. And, and, you know, you guys had a good conversation and it was flowing well. And then uh, we were talking about this when we were getting our pedicures. So I looked over at her, at her and I said, just to give you context of what this is, like I have known Anthony for a while. We hit it off really good. We talked a lot over Messenger and, and WhatsApp and stuff and a few voice memos, but like I had never seen his mouth move and make noise out of it <laughs> and talk to me in my life, you know, and yeah. we didn't have a plan. Like you literally, you literally texted me like 48 hours before, do you want to come and record on my podcast? And then I was like, yeah, okay, sure. So like we just started recording. So like the first one we did was basically a recording of the first time we ever met. And yeah. I asked her, I was like, if you had just went to a friend's house and there was going to be new friends that you didn't know that you were going to meet, imagine just putting a camera on for an hour and a half <laughs> and having that conversation recorded, you know, and, and that kind of like hit her. Cause it was like, yeah, actually you guys did a really good job because like, that sounds way harder than, than it, than it might look, you know, I think it is. It's so enjoyable to do this. Like, I think a lot of people don't understand. I mean, I also think, well, now, well, now I got the Chris Bumstead mustache going on. Uh, maybe i'll get maybe i'll get the mustache power i brought it back i had it for like i had it for like three weeks 
and then I let the beard start to come in. And now it's now it's too hot outside. So I'm like, oh, I want to I don't want to be baby face. So I'm going to keep the mustache. The mustache. I don't give a fuck if it looks good or if it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I was getting really freaking strong when I had the mustache only. So I was like, oh, I'm going to keep this trend. The anabolic stash. I'm gonna, yeah, it's the anabolic stash. Yeah, no, I, like I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize that it's the first time I talk like for most of my episodes. It's the most first of them. Yeah, ever, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The first time I'm ever talking to someone like on camera. So that's right. That's how you build these. That's why I think these, the more consistent we do these, it's just going to get better. Better they're going like, to get. Because like we're going to see each other. It's going to be a bunch. of. It's just going to be awesome. So if you guys actually have anything that you guys want to hear us talk about as two coaches, um, you know, we'll dive into it. We could do any type of topics, any sort of scientific things, whatever you guys really want to know that as much as we know that we can give. Um, yep. I'm all about giving as much as I can for free that you guys could take away without giving the secrets, even though there is no secrets to truly be honest. Um, you can find everything for free online if you truly do some searching like we do. Um, yep. But yeah, so like I said, if you guys enjoyed this episode, definitely subscribe to the podcast because these are going to come out. Um, like I said, maybe we'll even make this an actual second podcast. Setting up a podcast is fairly difficult. <laughs> so that actually took way more time whenever I did this. But this podcast is nearing on two years now. So um, cool, in, man. in one month, it will be two years of doing the Ace of Spade podcast, which is Love that. quite momentous. Quite a momentous moment. Is that is that a yes. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, well, thanks, Dylan, for coming on. And thank you, everybody, welcome, for listening to this long episode of the Ace of Spade podcast.